Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of RL Talks. It's Coach Mike. And Coach Kat. And we are ready, at least I'm ready, to really sink my teeth into this topic because I have been itching to talk about it, and that is fad diets. And no, this is not going to be an hour of me just ripping on fad diets. Um, There are some good components to it. There are some good things about certain diets, but we need to really bring some science, some realism, and some realistic goals to what a diet means. And like I said, it's not just going to be ripping apart diets, but we're actually going to talk about how to build a good sustainable diet for yourself and how not to just give in to what's new and what's hot and what social media influencers are hawking nowadays. Mike honestly has been asking for weeks, like what's our next topic? What's our next topic? What's our next topic? Because he's wanted to do this one for a while. And if you guys have been paying attention in some of the previous episodes, you can almost hear Mike Twitch every single time we talk about 75 hard or the keto diet, like Mike, Mike gets ramped up. So, and it, again, it's not because he wants to sit and bash. Like we are here to discuss the goods and the bads and the uglies of why each would be successful or where the breakdown of each diet comes in. Because we often see with clients and people that just like come to us for information, they start talking about, well, I've done this and I've done that, but I'm back to where I started or I'm worse off than I was before or I couldn't maintain it. So let's talk about why. So with that being said, let's kick off episode seven. I just realized we didn't bring any coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we always sit down with a cup of coffee. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Getting into this, let's um really briefly we want to touch on if you, the SMART acronym. This is essentially what a lot of people use um when they describe what it takes to be successful. So Mike, do you want to dive into what the SMART acronym means? And we're going to use this acronym a little bit throughout the episode so that we can identify where the breakdown in different diets are. And then at the end of this episode, we're going to get specific on what these really, really mean. Like Mike said, we want to talk about how you can build a successful diet. So jumping into the SMART acronym is... So first of all, your goal needs to be specific. What is your goal? What is that ultimate goal? What is that focus? Where are you going to drive your focus when you are starting this fitness journey? Um, Whether that is, I want to lose um, 50 pounds or I want to break a a four plate deadlift. Like your goal needs to be specific to you, not just specific in general, but specific to you. What is realistic for you and where do you want to be? What is your starting point, your kickoff point? The next thing is measurable. So you have to be able to look back and compare so that you were you successful were you not successful versus just letting it be a free-for-all yeah and then rolling into that is is your goal attainable so is this something that you can realistically picture yourself at like if i am struggling to squat you know just the barbell is it really realistic for me to say in a year's time, I'm going to be squatting 500 pounds, right? Like you, it needs to be, um, it needs to be attainable. It needs to be not, maybe not necessarily within arm's reach, but close enough that 
with some effort, with some sacrifices, you're going to be able to get there. Um, is it relevant? What is your purpose behind this? Are you doing this because your friends are doing this? Are you doing this because you heard it works? Like, is this relevant to your life? Is this going to be something that is actually genuinely going to impact and have a positive impact? And finally, you need to put a time on it. You need to make it time-based. So if I'm looking to lose 20 pounds, when am I going when do I want to lose that 20 pounds by? Is it going to be 6 months? Is it going to be 3 months? You need to have a specific time for that because then we can really hone in on all those other categories and really focus our efforts into getting it done in that amount of time. Awesome. So there's your smart breakdown, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based. Let's get into the goods though. Let's talk about some, we're going to talk about some of the, like the really popular ones. There's tons and tons of diets out there. There's always been diets and they always kind of cycle. They go through cycles. I feel like a lot of these diets have been around for a really long time. Um, but they come in waves. So let's start with the big one. The Oh God, the biggest one right now. And I mean, I see it literally everywhere. And I remember being at work and someone was talking about this specific diet and that is the keto diet. And the thing that, the thing that piqued my interest about that conversation was that it wasn't, it was like, I'm trying this or, you know, like I've heard about it. It was like, I'm going on keto. And that should be a, like your first big fucking red flag is if you're absolutely dreading going on a diet, it's not going to fucking work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's always going to, if, if you're choosing to go on a diet or if you're choosing to change your diet, um, it is going to come with some adjustments and it's going to come with some road bumps and it's going to come with a lo- little bit of, what's the word I'm looking tension, um, some apprehension apprehension yeah you're gonna feel different things towards it because it's gonna be different but if you decide that you are going to do keto and you say it with ugh, i'm gonna do keto set up for failure number one it's not attainable it's not relevant to your life but anyways (laughs) But, but, but let's really dive into that right because does keto work absolutely you look at the papers and they look phenomenal the amount of weight loss, and I will emphasize weight loss on someone like um, the amount of weight loss of someone doing keto is extraordinary. You see that and you're like, holy shit, that's amazing. But here is the caveat to that is that weight loss doesn't equal fat loss. And what is the one reason people go on a diet for? It's to lose fat or it's to gain muscle. It's to change their physique. And weight loss does not equate to fat loss. But why do we see such huge weight loss in people with keto? Because they don't eat any fucking carbs, (laughs) right? Carbs have a tendency to draw in water. It is a dense molecule. It is sugar. It is uh, hypertonic. For those of you who are not sciencey, hypertonic means it's very saturated, but it's super hypertonic, it's sugar, it draws in lots of water to dilute it so that your body can process it and absorb it more easily and convert it into an energy source. Now, 
if you are on keto and you are eating the bare minimum amount of carbs just to keep you functioning and your body is using ketone bodies to to produce energy well you your body is not holding on to water so you're pissing out everything you consume right and that is why people on keto lose so much weight not fat but weight because they're not retaining any water all that water they consume is basically your body just absorbs enough just to keep it hydrated but then uses up all the rest right or pisses up excretes all the rest yeah essentially what happens with keto is when you stop taking in your carbs like so carbs are an energy source we know this carbs are our main source of energy once your carbs are used up your body can start using ketones to produce energy it's a new it's another system that your body um, is able to use to create that energy for you um, and so but in order to do that you need to reach ketosis so the thing with keto the number one fucking piss off with keto is if you are not actually tracking if you are in ketosis why the fuck are you doing this diet you're doing it wrong from the start just because you are saying I'm not eating carbs, all I'm eating is proteins and fats, doesn't mean fucking dick shit. I, it doesn't matter. If you are not tracking, which means testing your goddamn piss, if you are in ketosis, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything other than just following what everybody else is doing. Yeah. So, and like Mike said, like you have, essentially what's going to happen is if you stop eating the carbs, you are going to suddenly drop all of this weight because you're pissing out all of that water storage that we normally walk around with. We see this a lot like with bloating, say, like if you typically struggle with bloating, if you looked at your intake, whether it's going to be like your carbs or your sodium and stuff like that, it's going to fluctuate. But we all hold on to a normal amount of water and we usually kind of stay steady in there and then everything else is, is adjusted. But with keto, when you drop all that water weight, Yes, of course, you're going to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds in a very short amount of time. But then my favorite part about this is when people come back to us and they're like, yes, I've done keto. I was really successful, but then I stopped doing keto and I gained all my weight back, if not more. Well, yeah, you, you gained that weight back because you are now holding on to your water again. That's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean that you, that doesn't make you fat because you, you are holding on to your water again. It's just your body doing what it naturally is supposed to be doing. Yeah. And while the body can run on ketone body, can, can run on fat, the body prefers, much prefers, to run on carbs. It's a quick energy source. We store it in our livers. Um, our brains need sugar, need water, need oxygen to function. While it can function on, you know, fatty... Um, energy sources, it much prefers carbohydrates to function. The other thing with keto, and like like Kat was saying, like you need to track keto because you're not just because you skip out on carbs one day doesn't mean you're in ketosis. It could take up to a week to get into true ketosis to for your body to have gotten rid of all those glycogen stores in the liver. Um, all those energy sources in, in, in your cells that are stored in cells, all of that takes time for your body to use up or um, expend it. And it takes up to a week to get into ketosis. And while you can take exogenous ketone bodies, right? Like 
you see it in every health food store. It's like a keto shake, mm-hmm. right? It has ketone bodies. While you can drink that, realistically, it only puts your body into ketosis for minutes. Maybe, maybe up to an hour, depending on, on the saturation, depending on the concentration of, 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 uh, of your ketone shake. It might put you into ketosis for a short amount of time, but it doesn't sustain it because your body then resorts to releasing glycogen from the liver to get you back into a, a, a normal functional state. Yeah, so then you end up just chasing your tail. Unless you are, again, like actually measuring your, the like if you are in, or if you're in ketosis or not, like, and it's so easy to come out of that also. Totally. Like, the moment you break that barrier of like too much like carbohydrates where your body then resorts back to using the initial like system of breaking down carbs for energy source, then you're starting all over again. And this is often too where you'll get that like, like people will get like keto sick, like that first like week of your body transferring from using those sugars that it's supposed to be using and normally using to then adjusting to using ketones like this is also a huge roadblock that people run into because they're like i feel like shit it's like well yeah you're literally changing the course of how your body produces energy let's not let's not take away from the fact that for some people um especially some people with certain medical conditions ketosis works like a hot dam you see this a lot with diabetic patients um controlling their sugars right Uh, i think it's type 2 diabetics that uh are recommended a keto diet to help control their sugars um kids with epilepsy this is actually where like the keto diet started absolutely absolutely and it it, and it's not something that started in 2019 or whenever keto um was you know kind of hit the scene and was this new big thing. No, keto has been around since like the 70s when they realized that kids with epilepsy using ketone bodies actually helped minimize the severity and the frequency of of their seizures, right? Why is that? Because like I said, the brain runs on sugar. And if your brain has an exorbitant amount of sugar and those neurons are firing at a million miles a minute, those seizures are going to... um, get super hyperactive or those seizures are going to get super frequent and they're going to they're going to last a long time right because your brain has so much energy to burn off and those neurons have so much energy to fire on all cylinders but now we buffer the the brain with ketone bodies we slow things down and we we put in a state of hypopolarization and now those seizures tend to be less frequent tend to be less severe so yeah there are a subset of people who thrive on the ketogenic diet, but generally it's medically supervised, it is prescribed, and it is very well controlled, right? Like their diet is meticulous. They test their their ketone bodies in, in, in their in their in their urine. Um, they test their blood sugars. They test all these things. They have all these all these tools to help measure their ketosis it's not jim bro from the fucking gym who curled and all of a sudden gives all his clients the keto diet like no the keto diet a true keto diet is truly medically supervised yeah so with that being said let's talk about how keto can be beneficial to some people so in in in, not in a not in a medical sense i'm talking about just like a daily like a, a general person so if you struggle 
to control your carb intake if you are a hardcore carb snacker and this is the route you want to go I mean maybe this could be beneficial for you there's lots of people out there actually too that prefer to have a higher fat diet than a higher carb diet whether it's because that's it what makes them feel better or just like food choices like there's some people out there that would prefer to have those like heavier fattier foods over carbs it's just a personal choice of the foods that they like to eat so yeah keto can be good there too but realistically speaking in with two separate points here first if you are uncontrolled with your carbs and you have no discipline to begin with cutting them out in such a drastic way it probably isn't going to be very successful because like that's a that's cutting out an entire food source um, that is abundantly available to us. Like carbs are everywhere. They are so accessible. So it's it, it just going all or nothing with that is kind of a recipe for disaster. Also, if you are not in a calorie deficit, you are not going to lose fat. I don't give a fuck what those calories are made of. If you are not in a calorie deficit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if you are just eating proteins and fats. If you are still overeating in your calories, you are not going to be successful, which is another place where people get all haywire. They see that initial weight loss because they've lost all of this water weight. They're like, boom, it's working. And I'm eating whatever the fuck I want. I'm eating all the bacon and all the avocado and all the eggs and like all the cheese and Cool. That's good for you. I'm, I'm glad you're loving that. But if you're not in a calorie deficit, it's not going to work. Yeah. That's another thing. You know, one of the things I get a lot is um, while keto is not healthy because you're eating a high amount of fat, right? And while there's, it's kind of like two truths and a lie, right? What is the truth? In that? Yeah, you're eating a high lot of fat. Fat is very calorie dense, right? You can totally overeat your your fats and still be gaining weight right just because you eat a salad with bacon and salad dressing and avocado and all the hard-boiled eggs and all the cheese doesn't mean it's healthy yeah but that being said too just because you eat a higher fat diet say you are in, in the keto and you're super meticulous about about your diet but eating those higher fats like eating exogenous cholesterol eating cholesterol from eggs from um you know avocado doesn't necessarily mean your your cholesterol is going to shoot through the roof in your blood work no because if you're if you're if you're still in a calorie deficit you're still going to be losing weight you're still going to be losing fat so we got to be careful when we say like um eating that much fat is unhealthy you got to understand the why it's unhealthy just because you're eating more fat and protein no carbs doesn't necessarily make it unhealthy. Overeating makes it unhealthy, right? Uh, eating a high amount of saturated fat can be unhealthy, but in and of itself, it's not entirely unhealthy. And I'm not trying to bash keto in the sense that it's an unhealthy diet. It's just not sustainable. That's my biggest thing, is that it's not sustainable. Uh, long-term, yeah, like, like Kat was saying, Short term, you'll see this fat loss, you'll or you'll see this weight loss, but long term, 
that starts really weighing on you, right? And psychologically, prohibition doesn't work. Telling someone no doesn't necessarily work, right? Look at uh, Prohibition era, you know, North America when they completely outlawed alcohol. <laughs> Look how fucking well that went, right? What's up, moonshine? <laughs> <laughs> right? But prohi- prohibition doesn't work. And you need to be very disciplined to not bite into for- the forbidden fruit that is carbohydrates. <laughs> Yeah. Long term down the line. So is keto, let's, let's sum it up real quick. Is the keto diet a recipe for success? It can be. It can be. If you are dedicated to not cheating on your carbs, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people in keto and they're like, oh yeah, but like, I'll just have like a, a burger today and then I'll just like get back on it tomorrow. Like again, the moment that you break that threshold of carbohydrates, your carbohydrate intake, you're starting all over again. So if you are dedicated to it and you can maintain it for a long time, maybe it is for you. You also need to, you need to be measuring. This is where the measuring or the measurable aspect of this comes in. Like you have to be testing to make sure that you are actually in ketosis. Otherwise, this is a fail. So if you cannot fathom not eating another cookie, maybe it's not for you. The other thing too is, again, you have to get over the, first of all, if you can beat out the keto sickness, great. And be prepared for the giant weight loss at the beginning, and then it's going to level out, and then it's going to feel hard, and then you're going to be like, maybe I've done something wrong, so I'm just going to say fuck it. Then you're going to eat the carbs again, and it's just that beginning roller coaster until you are consistent enough with it is a lot, and it can be very discouraging. So those things in mind if you decide to do keto um what's next what do you want to do next oh my god okay so 75 hard let's talk about that because first of all it's not necessarily diet, and i can hear people leaving like it's not a diet no i know it's not a diet choosing a diet in 75 hard is part of it it's more of like a lifestyle change sort of thing right it is this 75-day challenge to lose weight, lose fat, whatever it is. But here's my issue with 75 hard. is First of all, you're not really giving people strict guidelines as to what diet. It's just choose any diet. Well, I can fucking go to, I can go to keto. I can do, if it fits your macros, I can do any one of those fucking diets. But then it pro- prohibits alcohol. And, well, yes, alcohol does effect does damper muscle protein synthesis um it hinders recovery it fucks with your sleep especially if you're binge drinking yes i get that but cutting out alcohol for some people some people enjoy that beer some people love that taste of that wine right some people love having that glass of scotch or glass of whiskey or glass of wine at night to cap off their day and that's okay but cutting it out completely can be a bit of a struggle. And I think, too, it just made the part that is unattainable for me is that if you are somebody who enjoys going out for social gatherings, like having that, like, no alcohol, no cheat meals, like, because it says, like, like, the first step of the 75 hard is follow a diet. And it says strictly follow the diet. Like, whatever you choose, it's up to you. But it's, like, you must be 100% on this diet. Um no alcohol, no cheat meals. So it's just like, it's that all or nothing again. Like yeah. 
it makes you feel like for the next 75 days you can't go into any social gatherings you can't have any social social interactions if if life happens and, and chaos ensues and suddenly you're left with i i didn't prep my meals or i've lost my lunch kit or my fridge shit the bed and now i've got nothing stored like what are you supposed to do then like then then it's a fail and then you have to start all over and it's it is hard to maintain 75 days of strict structure i get that that's the point i get that the 75 heart itself it's not categorized as a diet it's actually categorized as like a lifestyle overhaul which is great it's meant to ensue and instill all of these healthy habits into your life which we preach all the time but it comes with no flexibility you could technically be chasing 75 hard for the rest of your life because because something happens yeah like and then where it kind of falls off the rails for me, as if all of that shit wasn't enough, where it falls off the rails for me is, like, you need to do two workouts a day. And one has to be outside. Bitch, we live in Alberta. Okay? It, it, is, it is fucking February, and we have been blessed this year. Okay? We had, like, two weeks of cold as balls. But, like, if it... I, I don't want to go outside and do a workout when it's minus 40. The yeah. caveat is that this workout is up to your discretion. So if that workout is simply just a 45-minute walk, sure. like, whatever. But hello, if it is minus fucking 40 degrees outside and you go for a 45-minute walk, bitch, if you come back with your toes, great, do it again tomorrow. But you better keep coming back with your toes. Don't call us when you yeah. can't feel your damn toes yeah. and you're four blocks from yeah. home. But also, too, like, again, where is the guideline for that, right? Like, some people will, will choose to do, uh, you know, sprints or hills or and do a workout but like where's the guideline for your recovery where's the guideline for how much you're recovering for right and like we've talked in the past workouts work if you recover properly and if you're not recovering properly all that work you put in is gonna count for nothing and this is where people um when somebody says I have to work out every day for the next 75 days, if I had no idea what we were talking about when it came to recovery, I would be going in every day and doing my balls to the wall workout. Mm-hmm. That being said, you can have your active recovery days. You can you can still do two workouts. Theoretically, if you want to do one, a 45-minute walk, and then maybe do some yoga for another one. Like You can do it, but because there's no guideline with this, because it doesn't bring in the recovery aspect of it and it doesn't emphasize that like doing 75 hard workouts for 75 days in a row, giving that illusion that that's attainable and that that's good for you breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing that gets me about this 75 hard is that it really was never based in science or based by somebody who has experience or knowledge in athletics recovery nutrition it was designed by a writer for rolling stone (laughs) and that that to me is more than enough i don't want to shit on it too hard because yeah there are some there are some silver linings within it however without proper guidance people are going to take this to the absolute extreme and I think that's where it falls off the rails for me. And I think that's where it breaks my heart when I see people who have so much potential try to do this and murder themselves for 75 days because there is minimal guidance. There are some good parts to it. 
And maybe some of those things are things that we teach. However, we break it down into more easily digestible um, bite-sized pieces versus just some blanket statement that people are going to interpret all on their own. And again, the all or nothing mentality. We need to fucking stop with the all or nothing mentality. You are human. You're allowed to have that glass of wine or that beer. You're allowed to have that decadent meal. Or a rest day. (laughs) Or a rest day. And you can still achieve those goals without having to completely restrict yourself for 75 days. Because after that 75 days, what then? Where do you go from there? And that is the biggest thing. Back to our SMART goals. Back to that SMART acronym. Where do you go from there? How is it specific? How is it measurable? How is it attainable? Um, Is it relevant? Yeah, it's time-based. It's 75 days. Sorry, because you just broke that down, everything that you... So it is specific, right? Like you, you get your specific, follow a diet, work out twice a day, drink four liters of water, read 10 pages, and take progress photos every day. Super specific for 75 days. It's measurable. You're taking your progress photos, right? And you check off your little fucking screen on the 75 hard challenge. Um, is it attainable? Eh. Eh. Again. There's if, a bit of a gray area there. It, it is a gray area. And this is because it's not It's not clear, right? It just, like, it, this goes back to, like, filling in those blanks. And especially as someone, if they've, like, never followed a program or followed a diet before, like, there's a lot of gray area in in between that all or nothing. Is this relevant? As, as you were listing this off, this is the one that got me. Like, is this relevant after those 75 days? Because for me, like, th- that's that's where the breakdown is. Like, I, I think it's doing the 75 hard and having, like, that, that mentality of all or nothing for those 75 days. Like you said, what happens after those 75 days? What are you taking away after those 75 days? Are you going to continue following a diet, working out twice a day, drinking four liters of water, reading and taking your progress photos? If you do, okay, great. Then yeah, absolutely. But once you hit that day 75, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to the bar. I'm going to eat all the shit that I want. I'm going to drink all the beer that I want. And like, Again, it's that excessive roller coaster. It's yeah. you're going through highs and then you're going through lows and then it's like a little bit jiggly in the middle and you don't really know what's going on. So yeah. and again, psychologically, you can commit you can absolutely commit to this for 75 days. But psychologically, once you do that, what happens when you've committed to something for so long, right? And I mean what is it? I think it's like if you create enough of a habit for 28 days, it becomes ingrained in you. Well, now we're talking about 75 days. And what happens when you go out to the bar and you binge and you eat all this shit? What happens then? You start to feel guilty. And then what happens when you start to feel guilty? You start to regress into regret. And what does regret get you? Regret gets you into feeling sorry for yourself, trying to do this again, trying to pick up from where you left off because you're trying to make up for that one mistake you made, right? And I don't even want to call it a mistake because it's something that we inherently do as humans. And if you start seeing it as a mistake, if you start putting a negative a negative spin on this thing, then it becomes toxic, right? And socializing, 
eating decadent meals, having a drink, that's not, that's not a mistake. That's just being human. Yeah. So as much as I don't, I don't 100% disagree with the 75 hard. I do think it has the potential to be very beneficial as it does give, it gives you daily goals. It gives you structure. It gives you a time frame. It does give you all of that. I think my biggest um, frustration with 75 hard is simply the community that it builds. Like it builds, I see, like I see a lot of, a lot of people are actually on 75 hard right now. Like it's like come back around and it's, it's super popular right now, but that, I don't, it's just such an aggressive community to me. And, and, and that, that frustrates me Like when, when you're in and when you're doing it and like when it's, when it's going good for you, like the support I feel like is unreal, but I've never seen the flip side of it. Like when those, when people do fail, when they do have a bad day and they have to start all over again, what does that community look like? Yeah. Like, are you just like shunned from the community? I guess I'm genuinely asking. So if you are doing 75 hard right now, what does that community look like when you do fuck up? Yeah. And I think you'll find that with, I think you could put that with any sort of diet or lifestyle that we're bringing up here. Like the keto zealots are insane. (laughs) I've known a few people on keto and, and by a few, I mean a lot, but like, like they're great. But then you even remotely, like even just say, have, some apprehension towards it and man they will fucking tear your throat out but that's like is that more of a culture thing is it more of a tribalism thing is it more of a community i don't know i don't know it could just be the individual that that is completely fucking ass backwards and just wants to tear your throat out because they're trying this newest and greatest thing i don't know yeah but i do know that and i can't say this with any sort of authority whatsoever but i do know that all these diets that we're talking about today breed some sort of tribalism, some sense of tribalism. Yeah. And we need to be a little bit more open-minded when we talk about these things. You have to see the downfalls. You have to see the flaws, just like you you were so willing to see the positives. Yeah. I One last comment on this. And I, I, I hate that I'm playing devil's advocate on this a little bit, but I do... I'm glad we are talking about it. So while the rest of our diets that we talk about are like food-based and like restrictive-based. 75 hard actually illuminates a lot of the things that we talk about. It's about like building these habits and instilling these things into your routine, but it's just, it's so aggressive to me. Mm-hmm. So aggressive to me. I don't know. And I don't know. There's just, yes, pay attention to your food. Yes, work out. Move twice a day. Yes, drink your water. Read your book. Take your progress photos. But it just doesn't have to be so aggressive. Yeah. And you don't need to take your progress photos every day. Like, between Monday and Tuesday, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of progress. Yeah. Unless you're you're in a serious cut. Like, then it matters, right? But it doesn't, doesn't matter for most people. Exactly. But, but even then, even if you were in a serious cut, like, those differences will be so minute if not completely unnoticeable. Mm -hmm. And again, it creates this unhealthy relationship with a sense of body dysmorphia, which we'll talk about in a different episode. But if you are critically analyzing yourself day after day after day, 
that can have some serious psychological repercussions. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that more in depth on another time, but just be cognizant of that. Be cognizant of what implications taking photos of yourself every day has. All right, on to the next. Let's. So the paleo diet is a little bit older. Um, it's not currently, I don't think it's like currently one of the like, um, like more popular ones, but I think it's important to talk about just briefly. So the paleo diet essentially goes back to, you can only eat things that caveman ate, whatever, like whatever you can just like naturally get from the earth. Yeah, pretty is, much. Is what it breaks down to. So Long story short, it's eliminating everything that's processed. And I actually think it includes dairy as well. Does it include dairy? Let's. Paleo diet. What's up, Google machine? Oh, sorry. Okay, so specifically, it includes your lean meats, fish, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, um... Paleo diet limits food, limits foods that became common when farming emerged. So this includes dairy products, legumes, and grains. Okay, so the <laughs> positives about this. It's teaching people to eat whole foods, yep. lean meats, stuff that is not processed. Fruits and veggies, fruits, healthy fats. Fruits and veggies, healthy fats, fantastic. Amazing. Again, where it falls off the rails for me is you can go to a fucking grocery store and pick up paleo bars. Like, what fucking caveman went to the big box store and picked up a prepackaged fucking bar? <laughs> yeah. That's just one of my nitpicks, but there are some positives to, to, to the actual diet itself. Mm-hmm. But then again... There's this expectation that you eat this, you're going to be like your ancestors or whatever, right? And back then, if you didn't hunt, you didn't fucking eat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it has, um, it teaches a lot of, like, I, I could spin this a lot of ways. Like, if somebody came to me and they were like, I want to try the paleo diet, I'm not sure I would be, like, hard no against it. Because oh. I think it would be, like you said, teaching about whole foods. It, it's, it's limiting you to... Like, you would have to get really creative in the kitchen. And I would love to see that happen. Like, it, like you would you would be forced to cook all of your own meals because you can't eat anything processed. Um, you would be, like, limited from a lot of, like, like especially, like, your grains and your dairy and stuff like that. Like, I, you, like, I don't know. It would just be – I would be curious to see how it goes. I, but, again, it's limiting in the aspect of we are not cavemen. We have bars and and grocery stores and, and pizza. We have pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not you're not you're not going out to fucking spear a, a buffalo like. <laughs> also, our dog is petrified of bison. Sorry, total caveat. We walked by a, a bison at the bar the other day, actually outside the barn. Bjorn how like we we can't go hunting. Our dog says no. Our dog says we can't go hunting. Our dog is also afraid of an inflatable Christmas moose. <laughs> Well, we can't go hunting. See, <laughs> hunting is not for us. We go to the grocery store. We'll fucking love the rabbits. Oh my gosh. We would live off of rabbits. Yeah, rabbits do. I mean, as someone who is like a connoisseur of rabbit, like I'm not in total disagreement there. <laughs> well, I, I, 
I love me a good rabbit. Just saying. Oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> side note, squirrel. But it's not the it's not the worst one out there. It's it's definitely not. It you're not necessarily eliminating a whole food group. Mm-hmm. Realistically, do we need processed foods? Not necessarily. You can go to the grocery store and pick up your 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 potatoes, your veggies, your lean meats, and that's totally fine. That we, in fact, we encourage that. But don't get locked into the fad that just because a fucking cereal bar is packaged as paleo, and they're charging you fifteen bucks for six bars, like don't get locked into that. Yeah. Instead. Use that money to buy more single ingredient foods. Get creative. Get creative with it. Yeah. Get super inventive with it. Um, yeah, not having the dairy and stuff, that could be a challenge for people. Because people love their cheese. People love their adult Lunchables, a.k.a. charcuterie. <laughs> like, hey. People love that shit, though. Can you drink wine? Wine comes from grapes. I, I I could be a caveman and just like smash up some grapes. But I don't think I don't think cavemen drank wine. I think they drank mead. That just... was Vikings. That was way <laughs> before the Vikings. But but yeah, like it was essentially just fermented fruit in honey and water. Yes, we're drinking wine. But again, don't get locked into oh, this is paleo. Like instead get creative in the kitchen, get comfortable with being uncomfortable with new recipes and, and, and new cooking techniques and stuff like that. I'm curious what the mindset would be around eating out. Like, if you did eat out, would you be able to eat, like, if you ordered, like, a steak and a potato and broccoli, like, that's a super common dish, right? Like, you get, like, your steak and potato and, and your broccolini. Actually, I was walk- watching a cooking show, and there was a chef who has a restaurant that, is all based on paleo. So, like, theoretically, you could go to a restaurant and eat, right? But okay. as long as you're making good food choice. Like, you're yeah. eating, like you're eating a steak with veggie side, right? Yeah, so, like, like your chicken and, like, if you did... Interesting. I guess sauces would be... Because, like, we live off of sauces. Like, that's sure. how so many people, like, flavor their foods nowadays. So, like, that would become an issue. Same with, like, salad dressings. Like, if you want to get a salad, like, I think... Or that, oils? Like, I don't know. I don't know is, how that would is work. oils, like, would you just get really good at grilling? That's not a bad thing. Shit. <laughs> I'm going paleo. <laughs> Babe, we can't use our stove. It tried to kill us. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm on the fence about paleo. Um, I think there's a lot of ways that it could go good and it could go bad. I find that it's actually not the most set up for failure diet that we've talked about because I don't find it very aggressive on, on either way. I think there's lots of loopholes that people could get caught into, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the worst. I feel like if you're eating a very well-balanced meal or a very well-balanced diet, like, technically, you theoretically could be eating paleo. Like, Yeah. If you're eating whole foods. Yeah. I'd like, minus dairy and grains. Like, interesting. All right. Guess who's a victim of intermittent fasting? This guy right here. And I wouldn't say a victim. I actually... In the short term, I actually didn't mind intermittent fasting. Um, mostly because I didn't like waking up to eat breakfast. <laughs> but now I see the benefit of eating breakfast. Um, but let's first of all, let's debunk some things. There's nothing magic about intermittent fasting. Despite what some 
fucking Joe Blow, Jim Bro influencer said. I was hoping said. you'd say numpty. I love when you call people a numpty. Fucking numpties. Despite what some numpty said about intermittent fasting and hormones and this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, despite that, there's no magic. What is the magic of intermittent fasting? You're skipping fucking breakfast. It just shortens your eating window. AKA, you're building a calorie deficit. If you remove the ability to, like, eat at certain hours, that is time where you are not going to be consuming calories, which builds your calorie deficit. So for some people, this can this can work well. Um, for lots of people, we do this naturally. Like if you just like, if, if you are building an eating schedule and like maybe you like just typically aren't even awake for breakfast or you're not functioning for breakfast, like whatever else, like you're, you're shortening that window to begin with. Um, also, you intermittent fast naturally when you're sleeping. So get your eight hours of sleep. <laughs> like if you ate a balanced diet, you'd be fast. You'd technically be in a fasted state several times a day. Yeah. It's just, but the, the aggressive, like, um, like the, the four hours of eating and 20 hours of not eating, like, first of all, how do you fit all of your calories in that like short amount of time and not feel like shit for the rest of the day? Like if I was working an office job and I really just like, if I was at home, didn't get up and move a lot, I just like sat at my, like my desk all day long, like maybe this would work, but like. For anybody who is up and moving consistently throughout the day, like I would just, I would feel like shit. I would be hangry all the time. I'd be miserable. I'd have no energy. Like, when do you lift? When would you do your workouts? Like, I think that you can manipulate your your meal timing without, again, having this fast and hard, all or nothing. I can only eat from noon until eight p.m. Lots of people only eat from noon until eight p.m. You're not doing anything new. Yeah, yeah. There's like. There's different protocols, right? There's like the eight-hour feed, 16-hour fast. There's the four-hour feed, 20-hour fast. Whatever protocol you want to use. Regardless, it is basically just shortening your eating window. The thing with intermittent fasting, though, is you have to be very cognizant of what you're eating. You got to make, especially if your goal is to lose weight while maintaining strength and not be, you know, completely catabolic and super frail, you got to make sure you're eating that 0.8 to 1.0 grams per uh, pound of, of, of lean body mass. Like, you have to make sure you're eating that appropriate amount of macros, right? And again, while we don't necessarily push macro tracking for the beginner, that's something you do have to keep in mind. You have to make sure you're having super protein-rich meals and getting those macros in within those two meals or two meals and a snack or whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. You'd have to pay attention to what you... You'd have to... In order to not feel like shit, like to minimize your feeling like shitness, (laughs) (laughs) you would have to make sure that when you are eating, you are very purposefully eating. Yeah. Um, Like if you wasted those calories on, on whatever, like you are just going to just constantly feel like trash. Could you theoretically feel okay I guess like if you hit all of your macros like I feel like you would actually have to have a really high fat content in your macro breakdown in order to sustainably give you like energy throughout the day and prioritize your complex carbs over your simple carbs to like help prolong your energy yeah but then also comes the 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 topic of 
satiety, right? Like if you're eating a super satiating meal, if you're eating a super dense meal to break your fast, well, now you have to consider that your next meal has to be equally satiating, right? In a short period of time. In a short period like of potentially time. a very short period of yeah. time. Like in the short term, intermittent fasting can and does work. I fully believe in, in, in intermittent fasting when I did it. But long term, it starts psychologically, it starts weighing on you and it starts becoming very monotonous, very uh, difficult to adhere to. Yeah. And especially like if your schedule isn't meticulous, like if you are, unless you're doing the same thing all day, every day, um, what happens when you, it's your birthday and, and your birthday dinner falls outside of, of that, of your window or what happens if you wake up one morning and you're freaking starving and like you have a headache and you are nauseated and you are sluggish? Like, I'm like, what what happens then? I it's to me it's yeah. it has the potential to be sustainable if that your timing is appropriate. Um, again, you would have to be a one with the foods that you do eat in order to minimize feeling like crap all the time. Um, and it it does it would instill it would potentially instill that like eating proper foods um but i just i think it's yeah and one thing you also have to keep in mind if you're an active person like if you're if you're someone who is dedicated to the gym or any sort of physical activity you have to weigh the balance into am i going to eat in a fasted or am i going to train in a fasted state or am i going to train in a fed state and depending on who you are your adaptations like eating in a Fasted state. I've seen you train while fasted, and it is not pretty. Me? <laughs> yeah, you get angry. <laughs> yeah, but I lift the shit. Yeah, and likely, if, but if I'm eating fa- or if I'm working out fasted, likely I'm working out first thing in the morning, and it's yeah. after we had a really dense meal the night before. Yeah. Like I am not one to eat on or oh my gosh, work out on an empty stomach. Yeah. Just work out on an empty yeah. stomach. But you know, you you have to see where. Or what your comfort what your comfort level is, because if you are not used to training fasted, it can be a hard freaking road. But if you eat a very satiating meal, now you have to train in a fed state and with a full belly. That can be quite difficult as well. Yeah, having that time restraint on you is gonna have an effect on your workouts. Yeah, so that's just something you need to be very cognizant of and really factor into intermittent fasting yeah okay so i feel like there there's a lot of different the more we're talking about this the more i'm like ooh, there is a ton of different tactics and diets or strategies that people try and implement and we could go on and on about this forever but i think we've hit the big ones i think these are like the most common ones i think we've given a general idea of what we feel about these diets and hopefully we've broken them down in a way that you can make the decision for yourself. I apologize if we came off as biased one way or another. Please don't take it like that's what the purpose of this was. We just wanted to discuss further and like maybe maybe one of these did perk up and you were like actually this does fit into my lifestyle but these are some things that I will have to take into account as well. So with that being said so let's get specific a little bit more on like how to be successful with a strategy. So we talked about the SMART, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. So this means that have a very clear goal. Don't just say, I, I want to lose weight. 
that's not that's not clear enough. Um, how much weight? If and when you decide that number, establish your why. Why do you want to lose this weight? Do you want to lose this weight because you want to be able to like go up and down the stairs without huffing and puffing? Do you want to lose weight because you're worried about your blood pressure? Um, are you pre-diabetic? Like, be very specific about this, and then even further, if you want, break down that why. Like, why why does your blood pressure matter to you? Why does why do you not want diabetes? Why do you want to fit into these clothes? Are you doing it because the girls on Instagram look a certain way? Are you doing it because Todd down the street walks around with his six pack and no shirt on and you want to do that? Like, be very, very clear about your why. One of the biggest things that we ask our clients <clears throat> when we're talking about their goals is what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to lose that 20 or 30 pounds or gain that 10 pounds or look a certain way, feel a certain What does that mean? mean to you how is that going to change your life how is it going to benefit your life yeah exactly and then once you've established your why we we do this with clients we build a roadmap, and that is what specific t- steps are we going to take to get there are they achievable are they maintainable is this is doing these things actually going to fit into your current lifestyle um there's like is working out twice a day, is that is that achievable? Is that maintainable for you? Do you actually actually have that time in your day to do whatever it takes? And yes, again, like we've mentioned, like it is going to come with some adjustments and some maybe sacrifices if that's how you want to look at it. Like it is going to come with resistance, but establish what how much you are willing to sacrifice. That's another question I asked too. Like what are you willing to sacrifice for this? And if if your initial thought is 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 that like that cringe feeling, I the ugh feeling, like how is that is that just an initial feeling that you're having? Um, is it something that you're like I do actually have to break this habit that I'm in, or I do have to give up drinking two liters of Coke every day? Like establish like what are you willing to to change um making it trackable or measurable this is why progress photos exist this is why measurements exist this is why the scale exists and this is why they are all together in tools to mat to measure and track your success because if you are doing things if you have implemented all these changing changes and nothing's working and you can see that based on however you are tracking this well, then you can go back to the drawing board and be like, hey, somewhere I'm I'm leaking out energy and I'm I'm not actually being as purposeful or this actually isn't fitting into my life. Like it gives you that ability to see if your sacrifices are worth sacrificing. Yep. Um, and last is a time frame. This is a, the reason that we do 90 days with our clients is so that we can it's it's not short term. It's not like. I want to have all this success in, in seven days or in, or in four weeks. Like these things do take time. And this gives you the opportunity to evaluate, like, is my goal actually realistic in this time frame? Um, and it gives you the opportunity to make mistakes as well. Like, because yeah. if you're telling me that you want to lose 40 pounds in four weeks, I'm, is it doable? I mean, technically, yeah, you could probably do it, but you're going to feel like shit. You have to do some terrible shit to your body. Yeah, and sure. and you, you have no room for error. Like, so 
but it has to be a measurable time frame. You can't like if you want to say that you want to deadlift 225 by the end of the year, that's your goal. You like end of the year. And that means you have to push and grind until the end of that year. And it also gives you a stop point. It gives you the ability to know, like, I have to grind for X amount. So, yeah. Yeah. And not just a stop point, but just maybe even just saying, like, another launching off point. Like, yeah, you achieve that, but what's the next step from here? I like that, right? Um, I think you forgot attainable and relevant in that one. But, yeah, are your goals attainable for you? Are they attainable for, you know, con- factoring in your lifestyle and your career and your home life and your home stresses. Can this be achieved with all the shit that's already on your plate? Yeah. If you are hoping to lose 100 pounds in 60 days, how is that going to look like in your schedule and in your life? Um, and is it relevant? Again, knowing your why. knowing yeah. knowing Knowing what it means to you. Um, and how it's going to benefit you. If it's something that's completely out in left field, it's not relevant to you, and you're probably not going to chase that dream. So it needs to be super relevant to you. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes back to the specificity side of things too. Yeah, and like being specific with, like going back into those action steps too, like I did touch on like the attainability and, and relevance in establishing your whys and like in those things. But getting specific on how you are going to achieve this or how you are going to fit this into your life is one of the steps that people often miss. Like, you have to figure out those action steps. You have to be specific on what you are going to do to achieve those changes. Yeah. So how does that tie into diets? Well, you know, your diet needs to be specific for you. What are your intolerances? What are your allergies? What is available to you? Because like we've talked about before, some people live in complete food deserts or some people don't have access to cheaper groceries, right? Or groceries that are, or, you know, produce that's nutritious and healthy. Sometimes it could just be um, processed shit, right? Think about um, soldiers, Right? In their field, they maybe like if they're on course or in an active war zone, they have MREs. They don't have access to fresh meals, right? They don't have access to fresh produce. People who live in remote areas, good luck spending $76 on a bag of friggin' spinach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, again, being specific to you, right? Measuring how, like, how are you going to track your progress with this diet? If it's just weight loss, sure. You want to go on keto, sure. You can absolutely measure that. But where do you go from there? And of course, is it attainable? Is it relevant to you? Like, if keto is absolutely not relevant to you, or is paleo not relevant to you, or intermittent fasting is not relevant to you, why the hell are you going to do it? Yeah. I think so. I, I want to slip this in real quick. If you are doing keto, like, you have to to measure, like, what protein, like how much protein and fats like you are taking. This goes back to like tracking your macros and stuff like that. Like tracking your macros, tracking your workouts, tracking your sleep. These are all trackable and measurable tactics that you can use. It is more than just how much weight you're putting on the bar or how much weight is is not present on the scale. Yeah. So, yeah. That was 
a juicy topic. <laughs> oh, I'm so stoked on this. Um, thank you guys once again for listening to us for an hour. And we are grateful to have your ear. Um, once again, take a screenshot, post it in your story, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. And if you guys have any comments, if you guys have tried any of these diets and had success with it or have your opinions on it, absolutely send us a send us a DM. We are always happy to hear other people's experiences. Um, we just we don't always just go based off of the science and the psychology behind things. We absolutely like to hear other people's experiences with it. So if you do have experience with these, please open up the conversation with us. So with that, we're going to wrap this up. We've set our final points, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of RL Talks.